All right, Ben. Session one of the session one still yet to be named podcast, probably unless mm. uh, I mean Swaggy's I obviously gonna come up with the with the fire, but dude, I don't know. They've been struggling this year. It's dude. Mm. The struggle is fine. That's what this podcast is about. That's why they will be able to. Oh dude. my gosh, I walked. They right will into be that able one. to. Oh man, what team? What team? I know they're saying it right now. <laughs> All right. Well. And you know they're listening right now. Oh, I know Swaggy is tuning in. If anybody's tuning in, it's Swaggy. This uh, this first episode uh, is kind of going to be uh, just some of the early themes that we're uh, encountering um, as we uh, are reading through John and stopping at different points. Um, so maybe the first thing we could do is maybe you could just take us a little bit through uh the 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 first little bit of john leading up to the first i am statement that uh that your your last talk at least was about yeah so um we're working through the these i am statements and the first one i am the bread of life comes in chapter six verse 35 and so this is about a quarter of the way, just over a quarter of the way through the book. And um, yeah, like you said, Bailey, a bunch of things have happened already. Jesus performed some signs. Um, there's this amazing section that we'll talk about a little bit later called the prologue, which is just the first 18 verses of the book, which which really serves as just a lens into the rest of the writing where every time you read through something and something might maybe stand out to you in in this gospel, it's meant to be read through these first 18 verses. So that's kind of how the book starts. Then there's this introduction to uh, John the Baptist. Um, again, another person that we'll talk about a little bit later. Jesus calls his first disciples. Um, and then he performs his first sign, which is at a wedding where he turns water into wine. And then moving into chapter three and four, there's this uh, contrasting interaction that Jesus has with a religious leader named Nicodemus, uh, and then a woman, a Samaritan woman, and um, just a a beautiful kind of contrast between someone who doesn't get it and someone who does. And the irony is that the person who was supposed to get it didn't, and the person that wasn't supposed to get it did. Right. Um, after that, Jesus heals uh, a Roman official's son, um, heals another person uh, on the Sabbath, and then it moves into chapter six, where we find this I am statement. And this is really the beginning of the controversy surrounding Jesus. Uh, starts with this first I am statement where the crowds, the religious leaders start to get more and more obviously upset. There's a few more arguments. Um, Jesus is saying some really intense things. And um, that's kind of where we find ourselves. Jesus feeds 5,000 people um, in the beginning of chapter six, and that really informs the I am statement. And then, yeah. Maybe uh, you could just give us a couple of like the, uh, I don't know, things that make the gospel account of John pretty special. Like you mentioned like that, like for those first 18 verses um, that like are meant to be kind of like the filter. 
uh, for the rest of the book. Um, are like all other books like that? Um, should we treat every book like that? Or like, is that like specifically for the gospel account of John or? Yeah. So that, that's one of the big ones that, that doesn't happen everywhere. Um, one of the main things that I would say to answer that question is, is just that, um, John's been kind of presented to me as a like literary masterpiece, um, where it's not even written chronologically. Um, it's written thematically. Right. Um, there are stories that are not in the same order as the rest of the, the other three gospels. Um, for example, in chapter two, uh, Jesus goes through the temple and flips over tables. You might recall the story. Um, right. But in the other gospels, that's at the very end. That's like the la- one of the last things Jesus does before um, he's that really stirs up. Um, the people who want to arrest him and, and kill him. Whereas right. here, it's something that's at the very beginning. And so that's kind of one of the clues that like, oh, these things didn't necessarily happen in order. So if they were out of order, there must be a reason. And so right. that's one of the things that whenever you you read something in the Gospel of John, it's it's very thematically driven. That doesn't mean it's not true yeah, uh, or it didn't happen exactly the way that it's described, but it there's always this like deeper meaning. And, and one of the things that one of the phrases that has been uh, coined around the Gospel of John is that it's shallow enough for a child to wade through and deep enough for an elephant to swim. And I found that very true in my life and 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 it's really just exceptional and unique. And so um, some of the other like special things about it is is along with this thematic nature, um, words and um, metaphors, mean or are are more obvious and so one of the things that comes up which we'll talk about when we when we explore the next i am statement is the difference between light and darkness and when something for example when something happens at night in the gospel of john it means something so like i i mentioned in chapter three the with nicodemus and the samaritan woman nicodemus comes to jesus at night and he doesn't understand and the samaritan woman comes to him at noon, the hottest part of the day, the brightest part of the day, and she understands. It's not a mistake. That's a theme that you can see through the whole book. And that light is woven through that prologue of, of the first 18 verses of John. Right. So something that like I have like been like struggling with uh, for like years um and i feel i feel like i just won't ever stop is uh kind of like you know what what you're you're just explaining a little bit ago um it's just like how how are we supposed to get all of that out of these words like how are we supposed to like expect or to like make these crazy parallels or these like things like you just mentioned like the uh the like chapter three and uh, chapter four, yeah, like Nicodemus and the uh, and the woman at the well and the day and night and the getting it and not getting it. The chapters right after each other. How are we supposed to like, you know, notice that those are working with each other? That they're like actually like working in contrast to each other. They're proving a point more. Um, like another example was the one that you used in your talk. Um, uh, 
for the the video or whatever which was uh how it's the woman one again um and she's contrasted with you know thirsting and then the crowd is uh hungering hunger hungry the the crowd is has hunger and one, so, one of those yeah one of the things has hungered is hunger has hungering has hungering no but like how are you supposed to like uh draw those parallels i like knew to draw them because i'd taken classes um and i'd you know really really smart people had exposed things like that to me but you know when we're when i was 17 or when i was 15 or even you know now like i know i'm missing things how are we supposed to like i don't know like read it and like find those things or like stomach the fact that we're missing them you know what i mean so that's a really good question bailey i think it's really simple and it's really complicated the first the first things that come to mind are that there's actually some things that are working against us um first of all there were two thousand years removed from the events and just the style of writing i think that we are a people who unlike the original hearers don't have the the Torah or the first five books of of the Old Testament memorized. A, a lot of these things allude back to the Old Testament. Like like one of the things that's really wait important. you don't have you don't have it memorized. I, I don't. Um, hard to oh. believe, but <laughs> actually really easy oh. to believe. Um, <laughs> like like one of the things one of the things that we're supposed to do is like every time you read something. Um, in the New Testament, you should always be wondering, like, when did this happen in the Old Testament before? Right. When did this word come up? You know, where where did, you know, as we look at this I am statement, like, where did, where was bread significant in the Old Testament? Like, that's how these gospel accounts and the rest of the New Testament are, are meant to be read through the Old Testament. Right. And we, and we just don't, we just don't know it well enough. Yeah. Uh, I, I had a situation the other day where, where I was, you know, preparing and, and studying um, the, these passages. And uh, my wife, Alicia, has been reading through reading through the Old Testament. She's almost halfway through. And uh, she's like, oh, that's like uh, Elijah. Like he, he multiplied bread once. Uh, I think it's in Second Kings somewhere. And I was just like, oh. Um, like I probably would have gotten there because of the resources that I have or the notes right. that I've taken. But she she was in it and was like, oh yeah, right. I think this is where this happened. And that's and that's exactly that exact moment. What she what happened in her brain is what's supposed to happen as we read through this. So I think that's one of the things that's kind of working against us, right? Um, but the other thing is to just to be so like soaked in these words. I think right. I think we we don't see these things because they aren't the back of our hand. Um, mm-hmm. we aren't in them all the time. I think if, if, if we were reading our Bible constantly, um, if it was being written on our heart, we were memorizing sections of scripture, we would, we would probably see more than we see now. Right. I think it, I think teaching and, and coming under like wise people, like that was a part of even the culture back then to another, ex, another degree. And those things we, we need to, to grasp on, to hold on, to remember and to never forget but I think right. simply that 
Like as you, if you read chapter three and chapter four, like 10 times in a row, and you had no idea about these, like, you know, light and darkness thing, I, I could guarantee that you'd probably notice it by then. If you were, if you're looking at all the words and asking questions, I think questions is probably one of the most important things is like, what does this have significance? What does this mean? Where are they? What time of day is it? And if you constantly ask questions, obviously this takes a lot longer than just breezing through and reading the text. Mm -hmm. But asking questions often unearths those deeper meanings. And so there's a lot of there's a lot of different places that give light into um, both our present day and in the in the New Testament day that can be found in the Old Testament. Um, Right. And so, I mean, those are just a couple of examples, but. Yeah, you can find you know throwbacks all over the place that yeah uh, would cause you to to go back and read. That just oh man, it's it's hard and it's intimidating and like I'm just being straight up like I like the amount of times I've like started Isaiah and not <laughs> finished is insane. Like I've probably done that like three times within the past year. Yeah. Because I know how important it's supposed to be to me, but, like, it is very hard. Yeah. Like, on like, yeah, it's just, I don't know, like, it would be so much easier to, like, just, like, I don't know. <laughs> it's so much easier to just, like, watch, like, a whole, like like all the Marvel movies or something like that over again than it would be to like read through all the prophets and stuff because like it just like I don't know it's it's more not that it's more entertaining but maybe that's part of it even it's just like it's more relevant to me it make makes more sense to me it's less hard honestly is probably what it boils down to well you you have to work against that disconnect like yeah. I said before, the things that are working against us are a language barrier and 2,000 years. And um, if we are the, the the children of God who have been grafted into the, the lineage of Abraham, then this becomes our family history. And, and we live in an age or in a, in a section of society where family history isn't really a huge thing. Like yeah. even me the other day, uh, or, or this past, you know, past summer, sorry, um, you know, learned some things. I, I, I kind of asked my parents some questions about my grandparents, my right, great grandparents, yeah. and and they revealed things to me that I'd never even known. And I was totally. just like, oh, this is this is kind of important. This this gave me uh, a better understanding of why, Dad, you are the way you are, both in the good ways mm. and in in the bad ways. And Mom, the way you are, because your mom and your dad right. did this, and your grandparents were like this. And and when you go back into this, if if you have this whole book of like a yeah. family history, and and you don't know the history, yeah, it, it's hard to it's hard to uh, acquaint yourself with it. And it takes right. like it's oh, it's way easier to to intake the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's literally designed for it to be easy. Whereas nothing's working against us. The Avengers are working for us. (laughs) 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 Nothing's working against you. I mean, it's, it's everything's working for you to be um, just enthralled with it. It's, it's specific. It's just like your phone. It is specifically designed for you to never put it down. 
and it's working it's working for sure it's working it's it may not be working for you but it, it's working um yeah but um the bible there's there's more of a far more of an effort that needs to yeah. be put forward and and that totally. makes you wonder like oh you know if these if these Jewish kids way back in the day were memorizing the Torah, like I wonder how long that would take, and 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 how many hours a day they would set aside, and then you think about our like we're wrestling to get five minute devos in the morning, and you're yeah. like, hmm, that's there's something different, totally. <laughs> you know, I might yeah. be missing the mark a little bit here. So yeah, yeah, I thought that I kind of had to when you were saying I I remembered when you told me back in the day um, about asking your parents about family history stuff like that, something that like was super profound to me is when you not only understand stood more about like your dad or your mom or whatever it was because of their upbringing but you also understood like yourself a lot more you were like oh like I like have these like you know leanings or tendencies or like I'm a product of like partially of like a lot of other people's decisions besides my own. And then even like the wisest of people often just think to their parents. They don't think past that. Hmm. Um, yeah, that's and a good word. I know like mental health and I know that like, um, you know, like family upbringing and all those things, we often attribute it to just the person. But like, you know, there's these it sounds super spiritual, but there's like these thoughts of like, you know, generational sin or generational blessing and, or these like, you know, nurture versus nature kind of things. And yeah, like the, the way that like, you know, our, our great grandparents or whatever were affected by the war. And that's something we don't even think twice about now, honestly, like maybe the most we think about it is because of like COVID now, because it were actually affected by something going on in the world. But like, you know, it it actually like, because suddenly asking those questions to your parents, you know, at one point it was out of an exercise for a program you were going through, but then eventually it became relevant to you, and the natural desire was there because you were say obedient to a process or obedient to uh, a wiser person than you to go and ask those questions. Yeah, and and it direct like you said, it directly impacted my life. Right. It wasn't just this like, oh, this was some nice information to know. Yeah. Like even with the COVID stuff, like I had a conversation with my, my Oma, like right when it was breaking. I want an Oma so bad, man. I just don't. <laughs> I've never had an Oma. Oh, man. She's she's the best Oma I've ever had. And <laughs> if, the, if I had any other ones, I just, I don't know how they could trump her. I don't know. But I was always so jealous of that. <laughs> I have grandparents and I love them. Yeah. But- um, anyways well continue. it's funny like, like at the very beginning of, of this entire thing I asked her like Oma have you have you ever experienced anything like this like when was the last time like something in the world felt like this and she was like yeah you know the war <laughs> <laughs> and I was like thanks <laughs> yeah now I'm uh you know now I definitely have no idea what's going on because right. I've just lived for 29 years in this corner right. of amazing Canada and never experienced COVID comes around. Yeah. COVID comes around. You're like, Oh, like we're finally going to be in a history textbook. That's awesome. <laughs> and then you're just like, Oh, I'm still not cultured. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. 
and, and yeah, obviously very different situations but but like the feeling like the shutting down of things the all that kind of stuff you know to her totally. felt similar which was like right wow totally ben do you have like one uh like final thought uh or like if there was one thing that you could like i don't know like leave people with or like leave this conversation with like what's what's like something that's just like mega important to you after like in the first six chapters or so of this book i think as we're looking through these i am statements i think one of the the most important things for us to consider is that every i am statement that jesus makes asks you to wrestle with what jesus is claiming about himself Every single one. So chapter six, like I said before, is the beginning of this controversy. And one of the things that it describes after he says this first one is that people are divided and people leave. There, you, it, 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 it either draws you in, it asks you to press into the truth, to the truth that Jesus is claiming about himself, yeah. or, and, and into a deeper belief in him, or it's going to turn you away. Right. And so what I think is is so important is that we we don't just read through read past the statement where it's like I am the bread of life. All right, great. Jesus is my nourishment. Okay, what's next? Yeah. But to to sit and to wrestle with what man, what does that mean? How how is that how does that impact every single facet of my life? Right. Because if if Jesus is is the bread of life, man, I I probably I probably need to be going to him for more things. Right. I probably need to to rely on myself less. I probably need to like be more open handed with with my possessions and my time and 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 to you know it it, it just pulls in this whole host and man, I gotta wrestle with that because the way I've set my life up is Jesus is the bread of life, but I kind of, I rely on a whole lot of other things other than Jesus. And so that statement cascades down into, you know, the very, very small parts of my life, Mm -hmm. but also just the big vision of like where I want to go and what I want to do and what I want to be about. And so just like... Do you have like an example? Do you have an example? For example... um, I think in this current, I think a, like a striking example in this current time mm-hmm. um, that that uh, that this statement comes in is, you know, it, it alludes back to, to the manna in the desert. And one of the things with the manna is that you're not supposed to take more than you need for each day. Right. And, or else it's going to spoil. Um, so just don't take more than you're supposed to. Mm-hmm. And Jesus says, like, I am the bread of life. I, I fulfill this. I'm the better, I'm the full version of this. Right. And so, you know, in, in this, in this time of COVID and, you know, I've been, I've been, as many other people have, you know, we, we hear about the hoarding toilet paper or like the, uh, the binge buying food and like yeah. it's filling up your storehouses and well, it's just, it's really prudent and it's really responsible to do that. And I'm not, I'm not saying that, that, that it's not like yep. I've done it. A yep, lot of totally. people have done it, but at what point am I putting my trust of provision in myself? Totally. 
at, at what point am I saying Ben's got his life covered? Hmm. Because at that point it says, I'm saying, I don't need Jesus for this. Like this is an area that I don't need his help, his guidance, his support, his provision, where Every single area is supposed to be dependent on him. And so that causes me to wrestle with, okay, if I'm relying on myself, how would it look like if I was relying on Jesus? Maybe I still buy the same things, but it's available to people. Or maybe I buy less just so that I can trust in God to provide for me. Like like that's a, that's like putting yourself in the position. Yeah. Like, like, do I trust God to provide? Right. And if the grocery stores are empty tomorrow, do I trust God to provide that my neighbor or my friend or a random person I would have never even met because God told them to support me? Again, this is where like Ben in Langley, Canada, whatever, man, I got it good. I really got it good. And it's really easy not to need God. Right. And so I have to force myself to be in a position to rely on him because I can accomplish a lot on my own. And we wonder why like faith and belief in Jesus explodes in in less affluent places in the world because right. because they know how to do this. They know the bread of life like I have never known him. Right. And so that, like this podcast, like we want to, we have to wrestle with that. Right. And we have to ask questions. And often if Jesus is making an I am statement, it is, it probably needs to dismantle your life in That's some absurd. way. <laughs> and, and bro, there's seven. Like, <laughs> yeah. We're doing this seven times. That's you know? absurd. And so, yeah. You're like told your whole life to like cover your bases. You're like, and I pride myself in that. Like I, I'm good at it and I am, I try to, you know, not leave any stones unturned and I try to think ahead and, you know, I've got a wife now who I like have to also consider and she also has to consider me and we have to like communicate and we have to plan and all those things are good. I know, but like to actually put ourselves in a position of being like not just less comfortable but even maybe even like less safe like if we're talking right now in COVID and like you know buying groceries for like the week or two opposed to like buying and hoarding for like the month or like two months or something like that be out of fear or out of even like you know being diligent whatever it is like obviously there could there's there's some gray lines whether there's like wisdom responsibility or like fear that's driving those things i know that but you know even just like realizing like you know what i know it could even be responsible and not a sin to necessarily like plan in advance but like god might speak to me more clearly or in the sense I might understand God more clearly because I simply just have less or because I like want it so bad I'm willing to like be less safe or like there's you know like run that risk and that's insane dude okay this is like this drop this morning so uh, Alicia like I said she's reading through the old testament she's in second chronicles right now She's in 2 Chronicles 16, 
talk, like reading through the reign of a king named Asa, the king of Israel. And this, ra- okay, off the top of my head, no idea who he is. Just honest moment. Yeah. Okay. No idea who he is, but he's the king of Israel. I'm connected to him somehow, spiritually um, speaking. And like, he's a decent king, but it goes down. So verse seven of chapter 16, there, there was a, there was kind of like, not necessarily a trying time, but basically what happened is Asa reached out to the king of Syria and said like, Hey, can I get your right. help with this? And the king of Syria was like, Oh yeah, sure. Here you go. And then in verse seven, it says, because you relied, so this is um, the, the prophet comes to us, uh, king of Judah, sorry, king of Judah, not Israel, and said to him, because you relied on the king of Syria and did not rely on the Lord your God, the army of the king of, Assyri- of Syria has escaped you. So basically, Asa's in the good books with God, and he goes for help from someone else, and God's like, why didn't you ask me? Why didn't you ask me? I, I'm, I'm right here. Yeah. Why would you go to what? Like, why would you go to that other person when I could provide for you? And just like, boom, Second Chronicles, <laughs> you know. And, and 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 I'm just thinking, I'm like, okay, well, oh, this it just goes into like so many other trains of thought. But just again, just again, where it's like, oh, this is this has happened before. There are relevant situations that have been played out in my spiritual lineage. And when it comes to my life, like I go to other people before I go to God or I go to myself before I go to God all the time. And that's what I need to reconsider. Wow. Same. (laughs) (laughs) True same. True same. Or just like, yeah, true same. No, it's like, it's just like, I'm like wow, dude, it does sound like you have a lot of things to reconsider. Let me know how that goes. Like, <laughs> Yeah, when you uh, when you figure that out, just, yeah, just, yeah. just let me know. And uh, I mean, I did the, like, I, I've done these I am statements before. Like, I've been here, done that, you know, it's not like, Wait, would you, you know, would you I've, say I know that I can empathize with you. I empathize with you, dog, yeah. but, you know. So you've arrived. I'm just joking. Um, no, no, no. See the thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, man. This is just, oof. It's a lot. Yeah. Yep. I, uh, oh man. The thing about these conversations, I love them like so much, but you don't always leave feeling super inspired. You feel often like, oh man, I'm so behind (laughs) or like, I like need to spend more time just like with God. Yeah. And there you go. I just need to. That's a win. That is a It's a win. hard win though. It yeah. Like like that's what this is what we want this podcast to do. This is what we want these conversations to do for us and for yeah. the listener is Yeah. Man, I need to be with my father. Man, I need to be in his word. And yeah. and not in a, a guilt way or a shame way, but like I want that. I want that understanding. Or I need it. I need it. Yeah. I I need it. Yeah. It's insane. Like, I don't know. I think an easy one for me to like parallel this to is like, I know I need water, but like, and I I feel really good when I'm hydrated and I feel really gross when I'm dehydrated. Like I am the biggest baby about dehydration. Like I hate it, but there's days where I have so much to do. I'm so busy and I literally just forget because uh, I like to drink water because I 
didn't like take the time to just like not be distracted and i know everybody's got those days and stuff but like i i i doesn't really change the fact like i know i need water i still know it on those busy days but i don't know maybe forget like it forget how important it is for me or like forget how like bad i'm going to feel or more importantly how like healthy i will feel when i am hydrated fully you know what i'm saying yeah like that i don't know i'm just like i'm i see a sink right now that was the first thing i could parallel it to and i'm feeling a little dehydrated because i have a lot to do today well and and it's not necessarily you that you didn't drink water, but you, you might have like had some other substitute, like you've drank coffee or juice or totally. these other things that have some water in it, but it doesn't like yep. those things don't hydrate you. Holy cow. Keep going. And, and so you have filled it with water like things that have water in them. That still have water. They have water, but they, they aren't the full, like, like you need the pure version of it in order to be you hydrated. Need that great spring yeah the bubbling spring of eternal life whoa so that's nutty man you could like, draw all these different like things with that with like alcohol even like you know there's like water in it but it actually does something that because it it's contaminated opposite. water say it does the opposite thing or coffee it, like it does dehydrate you mm-hmm. um whoa that's a big time thing this is how metaphors roll out too this is the best <laughs> We're always like, oh, we'll totally use that metaphor. Not tonight, because it's not worked out yet, but we'll do it one day. Yeah, yeah. So. This has been fun, man. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the first episode of this Nameless podcast. Ben and I are, yeah, really excited to get to share our conversations with you. And, uh, yeah, as we struggle, we hope it encourages you guys to struggle as well with God's Word uh, and, most importantly, Him Himself. Yeah, love you guys, and let us know what you think about this, if this is good, bad, um, not for our own sake, but for the benefit of you and others. So, again, we love you guys. Thanks for listening.